Hey, welcome to the Word of Life AG podcast. We're thrilled that you're jumping in and joining us this week. Today, Pastor Tom J.J. Wood brings a special Christmas message recorded live on Christmas Eve. Let's check it out. Wasn't that great? I thought the kids did awesome. Come on, one more time. Let's hear it for the kids. That was great. Loved it. Well, um, as you may know, if you've been around the church for a little while, uh, I have a very sophisticated sense of humor, Um, very advanced, some would say definitely intellectually deep. Um, Really, I know a joke is good because if I tell it to Megan and she groans, I know it's a winner. If I know that if she groans and rolls her eyes, that's when I know we're really onto something. But I've got a couple of Christmas-themed jokes I'd like to share with you. These are both uh, groans and eye rollers, so that you know they're winners. Um, How much did Santa's sleigh cost? Nothing. It was on the house. (laughs) Rest assured, it's only up from here. Okay, this this may be my favorite one. This is good. Okay. What do big snowmen call little snowmen? Children. (laughs) No, it's way better than that. Come on. All right. What did one Christmas tree say to another? Lighten up. What do you call a snowman with a six-pack? The abdominal snowman. (laughs) How does a snow globe feel around the holidays? Shaken up. (laughs) This is dreadful. All right, who is the best singer in the North Pole? Alphys Presley. (laughs) And finally, I got Megan a new fridge for Christmas. I can't wait to see her face light up when she opens it. You can thank Google for my source of groundbreaking comedy, but wonderful that you're able to come and be here. If you're a guest with here today, if you're here because somebody invited you, that's a part of the church, however it is that you came to be here, I'm glad that you were able to, you're, uh, able to come and hang out with us. And the kids, they went through the Bible verses and shared the scriptures that talk about the birth of Jesus, the nativity as we call it, the real Christmas story about when God broke into human history and sent his son. And we know the story of him in a manger, him being born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. I want to share with you another Bible verse now that doesn't directly speak to the birth of Jesus, but it's a wonderful verse that just outlines how incredible and how majestic and how splendid Jesus is. So we're going to be in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross." 
Now, it's impossible to miss from these verses from the Bible that Jesus is incredibly important. Words like the visible image of the invisible God, that he existed before anything. He's supreme over all creation. That everything was created through him and for him. That he holds all creation together. That he's the first in everything. That through him, God reconciled everything to himself. It's easy to see from this passage and many others like it in the Bible that Jesus is not just important, but he's the most important. There's no reasonable way to read this passage and many others and think that Jesus is ordinary, forgettable, or insignificant. If anything is clear from the Christmas story, it's that the baby in the manger is special in wonderful ways. So I'm the father of three children, and our youngest are a set of twins, and so I guess we've been in the hospital twice to come home with some babies. But neither time that we were in the hospital when my wife was giving birth to these kids, neither time did some angels wake us up in the middle of the night promising that these kids were the fulfillment of all the promises God had made in the Old Testament. Neither time did we have angels visiting farmers and tell them to come visit us in the hospital. Neither time was there a star that mysteriously hung over our house when the kids were babies. Neither time did people from different countries turn up with priceless gifts and start worshiping our children. The local officials didn't freak out violently because they thought our baby was going to rise up and take their power. But those are similar to some of the details around the story of Jesus' birth. And for the record, I don't care if you're a farmer or a wise man. If you burst into the room just after Megan had given birth, I don't want to be there to find out what happens next. But for the record, if you bring some gold and some nice smelling stuff, things might go a little better for you. But all of this lets us know that this is not an ordinary baby. He would grow up to be the only person who would live a sinless life. It would teach us about a kingdom and invite us to be a part of that kingdom for all eternity. And then would go to the cross to pay the price that you and I could never ever pay to repair our broken relationship with God. In that manger 2,000 years ago lay a baby. That baby was the son of God who would grow up to be the savior of the world. And all of this shows us that it's impossible to honor Jesus too much. It's impossible to honor Jesus too much. It's impossible to live him with too much of a central place in our lives. It's impossible for us to live with an aspiration, an admiration, an adoration for him too much. We cannot love Jesus too much. We cannot respect him too much. We cannot honor him too much. We cannot live in adherence to his teachings too much. It's impossible to honor Jesus too much, but it's very easy to think too little of him. And my time working in churches and being in church leadership and ministry and as a Christian trying to help people connect with the hope that is in the message of Jesus. I've been in some extreme situations and I'm sure I'm not the only one here, but I've been in hospital rooms when people are going through the worst of the worst. I've been able to see people find hope in the message of Jesus. I've been at funerals that should never have happened and people find hope in the message of Jesus. Prison cells, helping people find hope in the message of Jesus. People have found hope in the message of Jesus in the very best, the very worst, and the very ordinary of times. Hope from Jesus is hope for everyone. Everyone, all backgrounds, all places, all socioeconomic statuses, anything, any descriptor we could put upon somebody, 
There is a message of hope when we declare that 2,000 years ago, a baby was born, not an ordinary baby, not just another baby, not a nameless face in the crowd, not someone insignificant, not someone forgettable, but the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one and only Son of God. And in that manger represents an incredible ultimate story of hope. And one thing I know, working with people, listening to people, hearing them share their stories, whether they're passionate followers of Jesus or whether they're people that are angry at God and the complete opposite of the spectrum, that want nothing to do with God, that don't see the story of Jesus having any relevance for their lives at all. Speaking to people and listening to people, one thing I have learned and one thing I'm extremely confident of is that everybody wants Jesus even if they don't know it. Everybody wants Jesus even if they don't know it. And you may push back on a statement like that and say, hold on, that is an absolute generalization. That is all-inclusive of everybody, everywhere, ever. That everybody, everybody wants Jesus. And I would say yes. Everybody, everywhere wants Jesus, even if they don't know it. And the reason I can say such an incredible generalization like that, a sweeping generalization, is that everybody wants peace. Everybody wants hope. Everybody wants to live with a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose. Everyone wants to live like their life counts for something. Everyone wants to live confident that their eternity is secure. Everybody wants to live with a driving sense of hope. And the only place that is found is in Jesus. Which is why I can say with confidence, everybody wants Jesus even if they don't know it. Because everybody wants peace, wants hope, wants a feeling of belonging and acceptance. Now, how many kids here are going to wake up tomorrow morning and find presents under the tree? Anybody optimistic about this whole tree presents situation? Okay, now, uh, all the kids that are expecting to find presents under the tree tomorrow morning, how many of you are going to wait until after lunchtime before opening anything? Really? That's a surprise. See, none of us would do that. None of us would wake up on Christmas morning and see a whole bunch of presents and decide we're going to delay opening them just because. Nobody would do that. We see presents, we get together as a family, we open them. The kids are going to wake us up at who knows what time tomorrow morning to start opening presents. None of us would leave a present unopened. But what if we did leave a present unopened? If we had a gift that was wrapped and we decided we're not going to worry about that right now, we're not going to be bothered with that right now, we're not going to worry about opening it up. What if it was something that you really wanted and really needed? What if it was something that we've been waiting for? What if it was something that we've seen other people had and they've enjoyed it and it's meant a lot to them? And this is a very, very oversimplified illustration of what it's like to live underappreciating Jesus. We unwrap a gift by taking off the paper, but we connect with the hope of Jesus. We connect with the message of Jesus. We come into relationship with the person of Jesus by declaring him as Lord of our lives and honoring him as the savior of the world and the savior that we need. Instead, too often, it's the unwrapped present. We're okay with it, we're not mad about it, it's just kind of there. The story of Jesus is the most important story humanity will ever know. 2,000 years ago, a child being born, a child that was promised for centuries, and here he is, and he would grow up to be the savior of the world. If this is true, and as a Christian, of course, I believe it is, it is the most important story. If anything else, 
it's difficult to ignore. This is the most important story. It's impossible to honor Jesus too much. Hope from Jesus is hope for everyone. And everybody wants Jesus, even if they don't know it. And 200 years ago in Austria, a group of traveling actors were traveling through the Alps. They were performing for audiences in different towns and telling the nativity story. One evening, they were in a small town of a few hundred people called Obendorf. Wars with Napoleon had been devastating all throughout Europe, and Obendorf was described by one historian as poverty-stricken, hungry, and traumatized. The actors had planned to perform in the small church in town, but the organ was broken. So instead, they went to someone's home. The young pastor from the church went to see the traveling actors perform and was deeply moved by their telling of the birth of Jesus. Walking home that night, the young pastor was so impacted by the familiar story of Christmas that he wanted to bring that message of hope to the people of his church and to the whole town that were hurting so badly. He looked out over the town on his walk home and words started coming to him. Some of them were from a poem he had written years earlier. Others were inspired by looking out at the sleepy town he loved dearly. He went home, got his guitar out, and with the help of a friend, he would write the music to accompany the words that had come to him on his walk home. The following evening, the young pastor was supposed to have one of the biggest church services of the year, but because the organ in the old church was broken and was unable to be played, they were uncertain about what they were going to do and how they were going to sing worship songs together. The quick decision was made to lead the church that evening in the song that was written less than 24 hours earlier using the same guitar. And on Christmas Eve, 1818, in a small poverty-stricken town in Austria, the world was introduced to the song Silent Night. The traveling actors who were still there having performed the night before fell in love with this new song and incorporated it into their play. They sung the song all over Austria. Meanwhile, churches and other traveling musicians continue to spread the song all over Europe and indeed the whole world. Today, Silent Night is recognized as the most popular Christmas carol of all time and has been translated to over 140 languages and is known throughout the whole world. It began with a broken organ in a small town and was sung by a group of hurting people and has been a beloved song of hope ever since. Would you pray with me? Lord, I believe that the Christmas story is a story of hope. As your son was in that manger 2,000 years ago, he wouldn't stay a baby in a manger. He would grow up to be the savior of the world. And that story truly is a story of hope. I pray something from this evening. Something, Lord, would bring hope to anyone here that needs a dose of hope right now. Lord, we love you. We believe you are who you say you are. And we trust you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Come on, everybody. Let's sing Silent Night together. Thanks for listening. Looking for ways to deepen your walk with Jesus? I want to encourage you to connect with us online. Head to our website, that's www.wordoflifeag.org, and scroll right down to Next Steps for tons of ways to get connected. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the conversation happening online. Finally, we would love to see you at one of our Sunday morning services. They happen every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in person or online. See you soon.